Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, I don't know if you saw this or not. Maybe you did. Kathy Griffin out there wishing or calling for, what, uh, civil war? I guess she technically, well, I'll let you decide. She acts surprised. She tweeted this. And many of you probably think, I don't even know who Kathy Griffin is. You would probably join the ranks of lots of people. But if I said the... The person who was on the cover of a magazine holding the, well, very realistic head of President, former President Donald J. Trump. Would that help you remember? Would that help you? That, that image may be tattooed into your brain. She's out here saying, she she tweeted out yesterday sometime, if you don't want a civil war, vote for Democrats in November. If you do want civil war, vote Republican. That's what she tweeted. (laughs) I tell you what, the woman who literally had an ISIS-inspired photo shoot on the cover of, what was it, Time? I don't even know. I don't care. Those magazines, they're all the same. That was considered art. That was considered... Uh, what, political, very sophisticated political commentary. That was that was obviously free speech. Not free speech if you have questions about how Biden, who can't get 50 people to go and see him anywhere, whether they have to stand in circles or not, whether they can sit in their cars or they can doze off and have their heads hit the horn, honking at him on stage and so forth. He can't get 50 people to show up no matter where. Did you see the the contrasting videos, the, the videos comparing and contrasting the differences between President Donald Trump's rally and where was that? Did you see? Biden was just there. Was it Philadelphia? Wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania. Um, Biden had about 100 people in a room. I mean, and Trump had... I mean, it looked like one of his rallies from 2020 or 2016 or 2018, you know, all these rallies that he did. But Kathy Griffin is out here saying that if you don't want a civil war, you need to vote for Democrats in November. If you do want civil war, vote Republicans. Then, of course, she gets a little bit (laughs) defensive in her stupid Twitter feed. You guys, she tweets a little bit later, the MAGA... Make America Great Again. Blue check marks. Those are the, for those of you, I know some of you know what that means. Some of you don't care about Twitter, and you probably shouldn't. Twitter, in my opinion, is the gutter of the universe. I I am intrigued, however, of Elon Musk potentially buying Twitter. And, of course, there's, there's all sorts of potential for where this could end up and how this could all play out. But that's another story. She says here, you guys, the MAGA blue check marks are at it again. Those are the... Well, those are people that Kathy Griffin, who carries around a severed head of President Trump, trying to imitate ISIS. Remember that. 
That's who we're talking about here. This is the person who is upset. This is the person who thinks that Trump supporters want and, and Republicans are going to start a civil war. But she she's saying that the MAGA Republicans or Republicans in general who are uh, their accounts have been what authenticated or whatever by Twitter, they put a little blue check mark saying this person is really who you think they are. Blue check mark by Kathy Griffin here. Of course, many people don't even know who Kathy Griffin is, but she continues, because they are constantly threatening civil war, Republicans, I guess MAGA Republicans, threatening civil war, they are now trying to suggest that I am the one who is threatening civil war because, you know, that's my thing. Well, I mean, again, you cut, <laughs> you, you had a photo shoot where you severed the head and held the head up for the camera. Former president of the United States. I don't know. I mean, that is an ISIS-inspired photo shoot. ISIS was beheading people back when Obama... Remember when Obama was president and ISIS was running free? ISIS had more territory in the Middle East than, well, than maybe some countries in Europe have today. So that was the reality when Obama was president and then Trump came in and lo and behold, that... That ended pretty quickly. But Griffin, Kathy Griffin, was out there doing her best impersonation of an ISIS assassin, an evil, wicked ISIS assassin. Which, think about that. She's, and look, I, I understand. I think, I'm not saying she shouldn't have been able to do it. That's not my point at all. That would be her point, or people on the left's point, if, if you are to say something like, I have questions about the 2020 election results or some of the things I've seen in, say, documentaries like 2,000 Mules and so forth. She would say that. Well, I don't know if she would, but many in her political camp would come out and say that that is inexcusable, indefensible, that needs to be silenced, that's dangerous, that's a real threat to democracy. And here I am, and here the rest of us are in reality, who think the real threat to democracy are people who cut off the heads of people who do not share the same fanatical religious beliefs of the radical left, or excuse me, of ISIS in that particular case. That's what ISIS did. If you don't believe what ISIS believes, if you're not a fundamentalist believer in Islam, then you are worthy of having your head cut off. That's what they believe. I'm just telling you. She's got more problems. It sounds like if you look at her Twitter feed, she has more problems with people who vote for Trump than she has with ISIS. In fact, she's trying to imitate and emulate ISIS. At least that's what it looks like to the sane world. But I want to talk about this today. I don't want to talk about Kathy Griffin because I just I, I don't find it relevant. Her, um, I don't know. She must have a must be going on tour, have tickets to sell for something, or maybe she's written another book or some such thing. Because, I mean, this is, this is pure silliness. I, I, I want to know, I want to know who is, who's out here calling for civil war. Now, she's got pictures on her feed of people at January 6th, um, you know, that it says MAGA Civil War, January 6th, 2021. So she's got some of those, some of those people, but... 
you know, the narrative is, that's the narrative. The narrative is Republicans or people that voted for Trump. Remember, we're less than a week removed from President Joe Biden going up in front of the, well, the pits of hell it looked like, or taking stage right after Joseph Stalin or Adolf Hitler spoke in the red glare in the authoritarian pose, the staged nonsense that we witnessed last week, if you watched the stupid speech. But he he said in that speech that people that voted for Trump were dangerous. He said that people that voted for... I mean, there's all sorts of direct assaults and insinuations, innuendo, suggestions, some outright just straight-out malignment of people who voted for Trump. Some very bad things to say about those folks, of course, those of us who voted for Trump. And, of course, the next day, he denied it, either having had no idea what he said the night before or or realizing that they tried to take this too far and the American people were not prepared for the nonsense that they heard last week. We're supposed to believe that this is the president that wants to unite this country. We're supposed to believe that people who agree ideologically with Kathy Griffin want to unite this country. Folks, I am for uniting this country. I've been pretty darn consistent on this. Actually, spot-on consistent if you want to be get right down to brass tacks. In order for there to be healing in this country, I've said this before, someone's going to have to win this. Someone's going to have to win this ideological debate. Someone is going to have to win this, and it's going to have to show up politically. And here's my question to you. Do you really think, do you really think the side that is winning, who right now, keep in mind, well, they want you to think, the narrative is, oh man, Biden came out last week in that speech and rocked it, man. He came out. He got back on track. He has totally, totally revived the Democrat Party. This is the Biden we know back from 1985 or whatever stupid stuff that they're telling us today. That's the narrative, right? Democrats, Biden's got a second win. You know, this is squaring up to not be such the shellacking, this election, these midterm elections, as as we have first, as we've been told or as history, um would even suggest, or has, as some of these bellwethers and polls suggest and all these different things. That's the narrative. That's what they want you to believe. But it, if that was really the case, would they really be taking it to this level? If you thought you could win an election, would you, would you really think that the smartest thing to do, the most responsible thing to do, which, of course, if you were, as they tell us, trying to bring about healing and restoration in this country. Do you think the best solution would be to say, if you vote for the other side, you're voting for civil war? I mean, have they given up on any campaign whatsoever and have just said, look, the bottom line is, if you vote for Republicans, you're voting for a civil war. Is that really their campaign theme? That's what it seems like to me. In fact... I would go as far to say it's the strong, the strongest. I'm not saying it's accurate. It's, it's of course completely ridiculous. It's, it's definitely memorable. It definitely gets the attention of people. Kathy Griffin out here doing her best 
to launch a political campaign for the radical left in the Democrat Party. And so is that really a party that seems like they have it together? Is that really how the party who's temporarily anyway in power, is that the way that they behave? If you vote for the other guys, the result is civil war. Who takes this rhetoric seriously, my friends? Who takes this seriously? Who's Who's talking about this stuff? Who is actually, and I think in some cases, and I'm not saying it's the case with Kathy Griffin, whether or not she's got a replica of a severed Trump head in her closet still or not, that's beside the point. I'm not saying she's literally calling for this, but I am saying, I am saying that conservatives, of course there's always exceptions to the rule, but as a general rule, Conservatives are not out there doing this. Conservatives love their country. Conservatives, their heart aches when they see how far that we have drifted from the original founding of this nation. Conservatives feel remorse and sadness when they look at how far America has drifted culturally, how far America has drifted from truth in general, how far America has drifted from a faith, uh, people of faith, to people who not only reject faith, but who openly antagonize people of faith, who openly uh, are, are hostile to people of faith. There are people whose hearts break over this. They love their country. They don't want to go, <laughs> in case this needs to be said to Kathy Griffin, they don't want to go to civil war. By the way, Conservatives probably own 98% of the, well, they probably own 100% of the legal guns. I'm kidding. It's got to be a high number, though. And they have lots of rounds of ammunition. If conservatives wanted to go to civil war, folks, I mean, they, it's, that's not the truth is the point. And it shouldn't be. Let me be abundantly clear. Now, We are in, as I've said before, we are in a cold civil war. We are in an ideological civil war. And we have to win this politically. And in order to win it politically, we have to win it culturally. We have to win it. I know it's not, I know it's not sexy and appealing. I know it's not super exciting to a lot of folks, but we've got to win these debates in the classroom, in the public square, in the home, in the workplace. And we have been silenced. Now, I know that on a case-by-case basis, this may not apply. I'm not saying it applies to every person listening to me. We may have an army of people out there that are going out to persuade people every day. I'm sure that we have people like that that are listening to this program. But we also have people who are still probably learning, still trying to figure out what the heck's going on. They've been raising a family, building a business, whatever they've been doing, and suddenly they look around and start realizing that everything that they were taught about this great country is being ripped apart at the seams. They're trying to figure out, some people are trying to figure out what's going on. And the first thing we have to do is assign the blame. And I am not taking any blame or any responsibility from people like Kathy Griffin, who says that people who voted for Trump or Republicans in general, if you vote for them, vote for Republicans. And folks, I'm not, I'm a conservative. I don't, I don't care if this ticks off if you're part of the Republican Party and this offends you. I, I'm just going to say the party needs to get more conservative and not, you know, be Democrat light. So I don't, I don't even apologize for that. 
But if uh, I, I'm a conservative and I vote, I vote Republican. There are instances I voted for others um, who were not Republicans, but they're always conservative people, always limited government sorts of people. Not ever any of these lovers of big government or fascists or totalitarian, communist, socialist types who always, whatever degree, they just they desire more and more power, control, top-down governance, less freedom, you keep less money. I, I reject that wholeheartedly. You know that if you've listened to this program for five seconds, you know that. So, but the Republicans are not the ones out here clamoring for this. In fact, I would maintain that this is another dirty political tactic that is being used by the radicals on the left, and it is yet another, yet another desperate attempt to somehow salvage the 2022 midterm election. This is their campaign mode, or excuse me, this is their campaign theme. This is their slogan. This is the best they've got. In fact, this resonates with more people because it terrorizes them. It makes them afraid. This resonates with more people than Biden's Build Back Better agenda. I want to say something else, but I'm not going to. Timeouts in order long in this segment. Oz is patiently directing my attention to the clock. She would be correct. I'm going to take a break. Back here, my friends, in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So... Talking here about, I tell you what, I've shared this. I won't, I won't get in and say this for, for long, but again, it just reminds me when I started this program, which is a little over seven years ago now. I remember again when I first started, one of, I think one of the concerns that I would think most people would have, at least I had it, was how do you, how do you know you'll have something to talk about every day, right? And there have been some times over the past seven years where there have been slow news days. But let's face it, for the majority of those days, there's been plenty to discuss. I mean, Trump and now Biden and the the unmitigated dumpster fire that's been started by the policies of the radical left. It's unavoidable. It's undeniable. We are all living with it each and every day. By the way, I just... I was thinking about this earlier, and I'll get back to this Civil War stupidity talk that Kathy Griffin is engaged in. But, you know, I've seen leftists, defenders of Joe Biden, who have been talking about how great things are in this economy and comparing the unemployment numbers with Trump's unemployment numbers, and there was a three-point... 6%, uh, what is it, 3.6 for Biden, it was 3.5 for Trump, and um, one of these these leftists was saying if if it was good for Trump, it's got to be good for Biden, but some, folks, something's something's amiss here, right? We, We don't have, I just, I've been, you've been too, to multiple places where there are people, there are signs up. I mean, this is a regular occurrence, at least where I am. And I think as we've been traveling with the Truth Tour, we've we've seen this other places as well. But signs that say things like, we're closing early today. I just saw one yesterday, as a matter of fact. I can't remember where. Where was that? It was at a gas station. I went into, well, you know, I, I pulled in to go um, to the convenience store there. And I walk up to the door, 
and I see we're closing at 10, we'll reopen at 5, sorry for the inconvenience, we have to close early. And this is everywhere. You go to restaurants that are closed in the middle of the day, I've been to places at lunchtime at 11, and they say, sorry, we can't, we're not going to be open until 12, because we're short-staffed, or we're only open for dinner, like we've seen this everywhere, and I, something's not right. We know that there have been a lot of people who've dropped out of the workforce, which, of course, that number is not counted in the unemployment number. They just have given up working. I've heard some people who are, um, again, do not misunderstand me. There's legitimate disability, but there's also people that try to find ways to get some sort of entitlement, whatever it is, disability, some, whatever. It doesn't really matter, but some way to survive where they don't have to work, and there's, I think, increases there. But something is, this is not a healthy work <laughs> work uh, force economy right now. It just, it just isn't. Anyway, so the point is, this is the reality. No one can avoid this, right? They, they can... They can lie about certain things and potentially get away with it, at least with some people. Not with people who pay attention, not with people who are critical thinking. Actually, sometimes they can because we're here we are, we're removed. We're not at the place where the story takes place. So we don't know anything besides what we're told. And we're often told things that we know are not true, but we don't know how they're false because we don't know the facts because we're simply trying to piece together what we think happened because we're pretty sure whatever they tell us in most instances is not the case. So we're left with piecing it together through logic and reason and trying to read between the lines, read the stitches on the fastball, see how they're trying to manipulate the situation, so on and so forth. And there's a legitimate a legitimate concern that we're being lied to about virtually everything, virtually all the time. But the point is they can't lie to us about the things that we experience. They can't lie to us and tell us, I say that, I wonder if some people would fall for this, if some people could be convinced that gas really isn't expensive as they think it is. I'm sure that somebody could be convinced of that or that food prices haven't shot through the through the roof, or, I mean, just, again, that it's just inflation is destroying whatever wage increases someone may have had, whatever, you know, job uh, promotion or advancement someone may have gotten. A lot of this stuff has been swallowed up instantaneously. And then there's places in, Cal I saw in California I had this article yesterday in the stack of stuff. There's a school district out there who says, hey, the teachers that we hire cannot afford housing here. So they're asking parents, Oz, I don't know if you saw this, they're asking parents to consider renting spare bedrooms to teachers. <laughs> and, and it was in the Bay Area. I'm not, which, I'm not sure which school district. But of course, it's, I mean, it's almost certainly leftist out there. So that's undeniable. So what do they have to do? They have to come up with something that gives them a chance. This is this is a wing and a prayer. Now, I don't know who the radical left prays to. Well, based upon what that speech looks like the other day, I have my guesses. But it's a wing and a prayer. This is their last chance to frame this to give themselves an opportunity to win. And what do they come up with? 
Well, if you don't vote for us, you're gonna ha- there's going to be a civil war. That's literally, I mean, this is where they've settled. Think about that. Let that set in. They get upset about make America great again, right? They get upset about that. Who, what is this? America first? Oh, don't dare say that to a leftist. What do you mean America first? You're a racist, bigoted, homophobe. How dare you think about America first? Are you kidding me? That's audacious. That is so, so, you know, 2015-ish, right? That's the way that they act. But yet, what is their slogan? What is their campaign? Vote for us or there will be civil war. It is, it is remarkable. It is truly remarkable to just realize where we are. And it's going, I, I just, I, I think people are getting this now, but I remember saying, and I got to take a break. I remember saying this in 2016. I remember saying, because I had people who I heard say this to me, and I told them, do not be, (laughs) do not be misled on this. They would say, oh, I just can't wait until this election over Trump and Hillary, right, back then. I can't wait till this election's over because, because I just want things to go back to normal. And I remember saying, ha, this is the new normal, my friends. This is the new normal, and it is going to be the new normal until someone wins this political battle. It is That is what it's going to take, and it is going to take a lot of effort. It is going to take a lot of energy, but we don't have the choice. We don't have the choice whether or not we engage in this ideological cold civil war, which is what we're in. I'm not talking about a hot civil war like Kathy Griffin's threatening. I'm talking about an ideological war. That's what the Cold War was, right? There was jockeying back and forth and strategy and, you know, meetings and summits and things that were signed and photo ops and all this kind of stuff. Psychological warfare. That's the kind of stuff. Folks, this is where this is where we are. This is where we're going to be for the rest of our lives. I know some do not want to hear me say that. But this is not going away. And folks, the founders knew this. Freedom is always, as Reagan said, just one generation away from extinction. And in order for us to ensure that it passes on to the next generation, it doesn't go through the bloodstream, through the genetic code. It does not pass along that way. It does not, it's not inherited that way. It is inherited when they, the next generation, accepts the truth. And they cannot accept it until we teach it. And folks, there have been way too many people, and I'm not saying you, but there have been way too many people who have been apathetic, unwilling to engage, afraid, worried about ramifications. We are so far past that. Your children are at risk from what they're being taught. If you don't, if you don't think, well, I gotta take a break, but we have to win these battles or the, the stakes will continue to get higher and higher and higher. And I know someone listening to my voice knows somebody. Maybe someone listening to my voice even thinks this. Well, you know, I can deal with a little bit more. I'll play the game a little bit longer. Folks, if that describes you or someone you know, they have to be metaphorically slapped into reality because they better enter the game now because it doesn't matter where the line is drawn today. It will be moved and moved and moved again. The 
ideological worldview, dare I say the religion, the religion of the radical left is insatiable. It will not, it will not stop its desire to expand and grow and take over and to, you know, totally corrupt the the world that we live in. It will not stop until every single person in this country and culture bow the knee to it. It is insatiable. They never sleep. They stop at nothing. There will be a new threat, a new woke agenda item tomorrow. And if you don't think that that's true, just look back, go down memory lane the past six months, the past six years, the past few decades, back to when you were in high school or college or whatever, and look at how fast, look at how far we've come. It will not stop until we win the ideological battle, and I've got to take a break. Sit tight, my friends. Good news is we can. That's that's the thing we should all be focused on, but we got to be willing to fight. Metaphorically, ideologically, winning the argument. Quick time out, my friends. Back in a minute. friends you know let's let's talk about ideology for a moment because it matters it definitely it definitely matters see i have this notion conservatives have this notion this belief which is by the way a the correct way of viewing freedom and reality see i think that the left should be they're free to believe whatever they want to believe they're free to believe, if they so choose, that men can become women, that men can give birth, that the word truth, as one of these jokers in Matt Walsh's documentary called What is a Woman, as this professor, professor on top of that, he said, I'm getting very uncomfortable with your use of the word truth. I like that. You can talk about my truth. You can talk about your truth. You can talk about this or that. But don't talk about these absolutes. It makes people on the left uncomfortable. And I think if we're all being honest, absolute truths at some level make all of us uncomfortable in a sense. I mean, I think you can fully love to pursue and accept truth while at the same time realizing, man, the truth is there's something about me that needs to be fixed. And the truth is, probably a lot of some things about me need to be fixed. That's why I would say that some of these radical leftists like to talk about these things like global warming, climate change, which again, I'm not saying the planet isn't warming or anything, but I am saying that I I think the idea and the notion that man is contributing to this and is the primary cause of this, I find that absurd given the history of what temperatures have been like on this planet long before humanity came along um, and and experienced, uh, well, contributed in any meaningful way. And not only that, you look at things like volcanic eruptions, which uh, have released, isn't there one eruption? I'm pretty sure I read about this. One eruption, I forget which one it was, that released more CO2 into the atmosphere than every car that's ever existed combined in the history of driving. I'm almost certain that I've, I've read that. But the point, the, the bottom line is, they can believe whatever 
whatever they want to believe, and they can try to persuade in the public square. But where it becomes where it becomes a problem is when they start saying, by the force of government, you have to agree with my position. See, I don't do that. Conservatives don't do that with any of our beliefs. I don't demand. I, de- I demand that someone's right to keep and bear arms be protected. I don't demand that everyone necessarily even like that. If someone doesn't like that their neighbor has a gun, I'm not asking them to like it. I'm not telling them that they have to carry one or own one or whatever. Ever have to look at one or touch one. If they don't want to, fine. But do not infringe upon someone's someone else's right to do that. Same with believing in God, going to church. I think those are two very good things. In fact, I try to when the you know the opportunity presents itself and when I'm having these discussions or sometimes even on here, I try to persuade people to consider that to consider the truth of the gospel, to consider the possibility that Jesus is the Son of the living God and the Messiah, the Savior of the world who died upon a cross and was resurrected. I I think that those things are, there's nothing more important, in my opinion, than what we decide to do with that bit of information. And But I would never even dream of telling someone that they had to. You have to accept this. You have to believe this. That is not how God, God gave us the choice to, ch- to, to choose to believe it or to reject it. To say, I come to you not having all the answers or to say, I want nothing to do with you. And I think that we need to, I think it's absolutely true to be consistent with freedom. We have to be willing to do that. But the left, look at, every, the, their policies are always, you have to. Don't say, it's not enough for them to say, that you, you know, for, for them, for us to simply say in the case of, say, transgender, the transgender community, that we recognize that some people have a different perspective on gender. No, no, no. They want you to, you have to use the right pronouns or there is consequences. They want there to be consequences. There's some that would love, no, there's some that would want to throw you in the clink over that. Have you pay some sort of a massive fine? Again, that is not, I'm not saying you, again, go around intentionally trying to, uh, I don't know, attack or badger someone who has different beliefs. That's, that's not my style at all. That's not a good thing. But this, but they want absolute compliance with their ideas, which then, of course, begs the question, how strong are these ideas? How appealing and persuasive are these ideas and principles when you have to force people to accept them? And you don't let us have free debate you say that, yeah, we can discuss it, but you can't say this. You got to call me that. You have to accept this. And if you don't, and if you voted for Trump, even worse, you're an insurrectionist and you are the devil incarnate. And now Kathy Griffin says if you vote for people who voted for Trump or who call themselves Republicans, there's going to be a civil war, which is absolutely crazy. Where, what, when there was a threat of violence, and I know January 6th happened, but on a t- at the time of the election, the violence that people were anticipating was if Trump won. It was what the radicals on the left were going to do, and everybody knows this. I'm not saying that there's none on the right that engage in violence. That's not my point. You know my position on that. I say it constantly. 
But the truth is, the truth is the radical left has fully embraced and have even justified violence from, well, from I would maintain the issue of abortion to the way that they treat Trump supporters. They think that they're justified in being violent. They think that by being violent, they are stopping a greater type of violence, which is a vote for Trump. Long in this segment, quick time out, my friends. Back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. You know, as I think about this, as I think about where we are, as I think about how how aggressive the left is, I think one of the things, you know that I've... Um, my heart, my heart really is in actually persuading people. Persuasion, not force. Force is the tool of the radical left. Persuasion is the tool of choice for me. It's the right tool. It is appealing to someone, having dialogue, conversation, answering questions, trying to point them to the truth so that they're willing to so that they at least can look at it. Now, some people are going to see it and just not want to look at it. They want things to be a certain way. We have to understand that. But I think one of the ways, one of the the reasons that we're in this mess is because we have been on defense for too long. And I've shared this story before. I'll share it really quickly. But in college, when I was at American University for a semester, I remember having an abortion debate with a pro-choice girl and during the class, she said, she called me pro, excuse me, anti-choice. And normally, that's where conservatives would say, oh, I'm not anti-choice. Da, 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 da. I said, you know what, I tell you what, I'll allow you to call me anti-choice when you allow me to call you anti-life. And I just remember, she'd never had that pushed back on her. And I wasn't trying to be, but she that's a pretty loaded statement she threw my way. We have to be willing to take it back, but we also have to be willing to be gentle and deliver the truth in ways that it's people can accept it. And I think that that could go a long way right now, especially when the other side's out there telling us civil war is imminent if you vote for Republicans. Quick time out, my friends. Back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. Out of time today, but never forget, never forget, always remember that truth is on the side of constitutional conservatism it is a worldview that is built upon reality the way things are the longing of the human heart it takes into account the nature of humanity it's the way that we were designed to live as free people with the with of course some role for government but limited and if we just shine that light of truth Folks are going to be willing and ready to accept it. But I've got to wrap up for the day. Music telling me it's time to go. Have a great day, guys. STGC tomorrow. Take care.